Masechet Ketubot Daf Samech Dalid, that we're speaking about the rebellious husband and rebellious wife who are refusing to fulfill their responsibilities either in a marriage, or now we're going to talk about getting in, getting into a marriage. That if a woman is an Arusa and she is refusing to uh, come to the wedding canopy, she's refusing to become a Nisua. Uh, so then the Betin writes a document that she is rebelling, and the consequence of that document would be that she will her, her, her ketubah will be reduced. However, if someone is a Shomeret Yavam, a woman whose husband died and she's waiting to do Yibum, and she refuses to come to the table to come and do Yibum, uh, then we do not call her a rebellious woman and we do not deduct from her Ketubah. Okay, we're going to have to figure out why. What's the difference between Arusa and, ya, and Yevama? Uh, but before we do that, we ask a question from the Braita that we quoted above. We saw that the laws of uh, uh, calling someone a rebellious uh, uh, wife, woman, apply both to an, uh, whether she is Arusa or Nesua, or also if she, she is Shomeret Yavam and refusing to come and do Yibum. So we have a contradiction. That's more than a contradiction. How could Shemuel go against a Baraita? So we answer. We're going to have a, uh, uh, several answers. Um, we're going to reject uh, most of them, but we'll come to one at the end. So for answer, answer number one, this is Lakashia. Kan Shetabahu, Kan Shetabahi. The Badaita is talking about a case where he demanded to uh, to do Yibum and she's refusing. So in that case, we do call it call her a rebellious a rebellious uh, woman. Whereas the Shemuel statement is when she said, "Hey, uh, let's do Yibum," and he's the one refusing. Uh, where we do not call him a rebellious man. Here, Shemuel said another thing. So this makes sense that this would be clarified. Tabahu nizkakin lo, tabahi en nizkakin la. When he is the one that's demanding and she's refusing, then the betin does respond to his request and we call her rebellious. Whereas when she is making the request and he doesn't, uh, and he doesn't come to the table, then we do not respond to her and we do not call him a rebellious man. So, so we're going to ask why, why, what's the difference? But first, we have to just explain the language. So you just said that the Shemuel statement that makes a distinction between Arusa and Yevama, in both cases, Arusa are the same, that we do would call that person rebellious. But the contradiction is regarding Shomeret Yavam. So we said that Shemuel's statement is talking about where she requested and he refuses uh, to do Yibum. And that's the case where we do not call him rebellious. Uh, but look at uh, the language. It says, Al Arusa, La Arusa me ba le. The equivalent case regarding Arusa is, or would also be the same when she is the one requesting. But if she's the one requesting, it should have said, for an Arusa, because she is requesting, hey, it's time to get married, and he is refusing, right? Al Arusa sounds like it should be, it would be against the Arusa. 
Same thing here. Egedet Meret should be Le Shomeret Yavam. Uh, we do not write for, for a woman who's asking for Yibum, but um, it should say. But Al Shomeret Yavam sounds like it's about her, that she is the one rebelling, and so we write about her. So the language of Al doesn't fit the context. We respond, Okay, you're right. You know what? Change the language of a Shemuel statement instead of Al, change it to Le. All right, so now that the language is fixed, we ask why. When she is the one requesting, Hey, I want to do Yibum, and he doesn't. He refuses. So then we can tell her, no, go away. You're not commanded in Purvu. And only a man is commanded to perform Purvu, not a woman. And therefore, uh, s- since she is not being withheld from doing a mitzvah, so we're not going. The betin is not going to step in. Whereas when he command, he says, I want to do Yibum because I want to do Purvu, and she refuses. So then. Uh, she is preventing him from fulfilling a mitzvah. And so that's why we would force her. We challenge that this doesn't make sense because it would it should apply equally to the Adusa case. It doesn't. Adusa When she demands and says, I want to get Nisuin, and he is not doing Nisuin, there Shemuel agreed that we do call him a rebellious man. Uh, why? Why don't we say apply the same thing that she is not obligated in Purvu, so therefore we should not step in and force him to do anything. Uh, it would be the same logic as Shomeret Yavam. So we answer Ela Ta'ana So we answer it's true that a woman is not required in Purvu, and therefore she cannot make a claim of Hey, I demand you marry me so I can I can fulfill Purvu, but she may have a different claim. She comes with a claim and says, I need a staff in my hand for when I'm old, and I need a hoe for burial, meaning uh, I need a child who will take care of me in my old age and will bury me when I die. Uh, this is the, uh, the, the, the form of uh, having uh, you know, social security um, and, uh, and having someone to take care of someone, uh, and take care of you when, where after one passes, right? This is one's pension and life savings are, are the child because they didn't have banks and all that. So she says, I need a child who will support me. That's why I want to have a child. And that is a legitimate claim. And she can come and make it. Some say she doesn't even have to say it explicitly. Uh, so therefore, uh, when she, if she's an adusa and uh, the man is refusing to do nisuin, so she has a legitimate claim and can force him uh, because she has to have a child to take care of her. That that logic applies also to a Shemeret Yavam. She says, I need a child. It's true. I'm not required to do Peru Vu as a woman, but I still want a child for my old age. And so she does have a claim against him. Okay, so forget this line of reasoning. Rather, both uh, uh, sources, Shemuel and the Braita, are talking about where he is the one that is making the claim. Uh, which makes sense. So now we can go back to the regular language, right? Al Arusa means that he is asking and she's refusing. And so they're going to write a document against her. We do write it against her for Arusa, but not Shomenet Yavam. And that goes against the Braita. So now this is going to be a second answer. 
to that challenge. The Baraita uh, says that we do force her. That's talking about um, when he wants to do Chalitza. Whereas Shemuel says we do not force her. That's talking about where he wants to do Yibum. As when he's demanding Chalitza, then we get involved and we will support him and force her to do the Chalitza. But if he's demanding Yibum, then, and he, she, she's refusing, we do not respond. We do not go in and uh, and uh, call her rebellious and take away from her ketubah. Why not? How come we don't get involved with Yibum? Because we tell him, so go and marry another one, another woman. A man is allowed to marry two wives. He's also allowed to, even if he has a zikat to one woman, he can still go ahead and marry another. So the betin will tell him, what's holding you back? Well, she's refusing to do Yibum. Okay, so let her wait. You want to do Yibum whenever she's ready. In the meantime, if you want to pick, if you want to have children, uh, you want to be married, go ahead and marry someone else. So we ask, we ask, The same logic applies to Chalitza. If he wants to do Chalitza and she's refusing, so then we can tell him, go and marry someone else. What's stopping you? So, you know, you have a Zika. It's the same exact thing. Um, so how come we would force her for Chalitza but not for Yibum? Uh, so this uh, this answer is not good. Rather, he can say, since she's attached to me, um, I can't go marry another wife because I want to do Chalitza, right? And he, she's refusing to do Chalitza. I guess she wants to do Yibum. And so he says, I'm trying to, you know, separate from her and that I'm not going to get another wife. No one wants to go out with me or marry me because I still have Chalitza. And so this other woman that I would, another woman, any other woman that I would want to marry, uh, will say, oh, you have this woman who's Yavazika, maybe you're going to end up doing Yibum, I'm going to be a second wife, so nobody wants to marry. Uh, that's the difference. We answer, no. In the case of where he demands Yibum, it's the very same thing. Actually, it's even worse, because he wants to do Yibum, so who's going to want to marry him when he's he's uh, he's going uh, goes out on a date and says, oh, by the way, I have this other woman that you know, I really want to do Yibum, but she's she's making me wait. So he, she's not going to, the, 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 the next one, person who he wants to ask out as a wife is not going to want to agree when this guy is waiting to do Yibum with someone. So we abandon this line of reasoning and we come to our third and final answer. Both Shemuel and the Baraita are talking about when he asks her to do Yibum and she refuses. The Baraita that says he can force her when he wants to do Yibum and she refuses, we call her a Moredet. That is the earlier law, whereas Shemuel's statement is talking about the later law, which are recorded in the following Mishnah. The original law is that Yibum is preferable over Chalitza. Why? Because that is what the Torah commands. So if a face wants to fulfill a Torah commandment and the whole purpose 
purpose of that is uh, very good things to um, uphold the name of the deceased, have a child that will continue his leg, his brother's legacy, take care of the widow. So many good things that come from Yibum. That's why originally Yibum was better. So that's the Braita that says he wants to do Yibum. He wants to do this this wonderful mitzvah and she is refusing. So the Betin is going to step in and force her to uh, to do yibum, I mean, she can refuse and do chalitza. But if she just, if she's a stalling, then we're going to uh, uh, deduct from her ketuba until she agrees so that he can do this this mitzvah. Now, that was the original law when they had intention just to fulfill the mitzvah, which is a, which is a great mitzvah, helps her, helps the deceased. But later on, uh, when people were in, did not have intention simply to fulfill the mitzvah, but rather the Yavam wanted to marry his sister-in-law because... He liked her. He was desirous for her. He wanted to uh, get the inheritance, the other personal benefits that he was doing this mitzvah, and not purely to help the deceased and to help the widow. So that is not the right intention. And uh, if you're going to do it with that intention, then amru misvat chalitza kodem the misvat yibum. Then better to do chalitza rather than do yibum. Uh, it can border on adayot because without the mitzvah yibum, then it would be a brother and sister sister-in-law would be Edva. And so since he's not having the proper intention, it is almost Edva. Therefore, better to do Chalitza. Since that became the later law, when Shemuel said that a man who wants to do Yibum and she refuses, since we, the court, the rabbis would prefer as someone did chalitza anyway. So then we're not going to step in and give her fines and take away for her ketubah when she's refusing to come and do yibum because we don't really want the guy to do yibum in any way. And that way, oh, they'll end up doing chalitza. And that is the uh, that is the preference um, at that point in time. Okay, so after the other two failed uh, attempts at resolving the contradiction, now we have a contradiction which makes sense. The Braita is earlier and Shemuel is later, so maybe we can even date when the shift happened uh, sometime in between. The Mishnah said that the amount that her uh, ketubah will be reduced is seven coins, and he, if he refuses, he'll have to pay an added three coins per week. So, Ad Mateo Pochet, Mai Terapikin. So, the Biuda said it's not the regular uh, Zeus coins, but rather this uh, Terapikin coin. Uh, so, how much is that? Amadav Sheshat, Istera. It's the same as a uh, Istera, a small Roman coin. Well, how much is that? Kama istira palga dezuza. It's half a zuz, which means that a biuda would say it's half of the half of the amount that Tanakama says. Tanya na mehachid a biuda mesh sheloshat terapikiin shehen tesha ma'in me'avachesi lechol yom. If you want to break it down to even, even to an even smaller denomination, three terapikiin that he would have to add each week is equal to nine ma'az, and so that would come out to spread over six days. We'll see why we spread over six days, not seven days in a second. Uh, nine divided by six would be one and a half for each day. We're not asking yet how come she gets deducted seven and he only gets fined three. That we're going to ask in a second. Right now we're asking how come 
she is fined for every day. We're assuming that she has to pay seven coins, or she is reduced seven coins, one for each day of the week. Whereas for the man, it's three, a half of a coin for each day, only six days. So that's the question. How come he, we give him uh, uh, the four, four Shabbat, um, meaning that she is she is she gets a fine even on Shabbat, but he does not. And the answer is regarding to regarding the woman where we are reducing the amount, it will not look like there's this is wages for Shabbat. Just that she was owed more money, now she's owed less money. So you can reduce a debt for a Shabbat. That's not that won't look like you're paying someone on Shabbat. Regarding her, since you are, uh, regarding him rather, since you are adding more to the amount of the ketubah, so in the end, we're, we're obligating the man to pay more money to the woman. And if we would add that on Shabbat, it would look like he is paying, he is, he is obligated to pay uh, for uh, wages on Shabbat. It looks like he's paying for Shabbat, Shabbat specifically. And therefore, um, for him, we only count for six of the seven days. And finally, the, what is the difference between the rebellious man and rebellious woman? How come he, she gets fined uh, seven and he only three? Uh, go, you, you go, go look at the market of prostitutes. Who hires whom? It's the man that almost always is hiring the woman. So you see that men uh, have are more desire and are more going to be more afflicted uh, if their wives refuse them. So we're assuming here the opinion that says a moret and moredet are those who refuse marital relations with their spouses. And so if she refuses uh, to be with him, he is, his pain is going to be greater. So that's why that the penalty will be seven. Whereas if he refuses her, her uh, her suffering is less, and therefore her penalty is less. Uh, the uh, and le- therefore the penalty that she would get is less. Or uh, another answer is that for the man, his desire is uh, can be seen on the outside. If he's aroused, he can be embarrassed. Um, by uh, showing, whereas her, whereas for a woman, even when she's aroused, it's not uh, one cannot tell from outside, and that that's why uh, his pain, uh, his uh, psychological uh, pain, uh, we have to add also the possible embarrassment of being aroused in public. All right, Mishnah, Hamashreet Ishto Al Shalis, the last Mishnah here of the Pedic. If a person is feeding his wife through an intermediary, a third party, for whatever reason, they're not living together, but he's still, they're still married, he's still obligated to provide for her. Uh, so instead, usually, if they're living together, they're having a meal together. So then they're eating all their meals together. So it's obvious what he's sharing. Um, but if not, then you need, what's the minimum amount of food that he and clothing that he will have to give her? To provide, so he has to give her not less than two kav. Kav is a value measure of wheat uh, per week 
or four of barley. It takes more barley, uh, more volume of barley to make the same amount of bread. Rabbi Yosef says this is only according to Rabbi Ishmael, and he was uh, near Edom, and he's the one that talks about barley. The Gemara will explain what Edom has to do with barley. And a man cannot eat by bread, live by bread alone, but he also needs legumes, so it has to be half a kav, also half a log of oil, and a kav of dried figs or of fig cakes. And he doesn't have these particular uh, breakdown of fruits, then he has to give other fruits from elsewhere. It has to be an equivalent amount and I guess equivalent nutritional value. He also has to provide for a bed, a soft mat, a hard mat. Um, that would be a one-time thing that he has so that she can um, uh, sleep. Also a cap for her head, a belt for her waist. This is uh, what a cap might have looked like. So while those are one-time things, uh, but shoes, he has to give her every festival. Three shoes per year. She gets new shoes. And regarding clothing, she has to allow, allow her a budget of 50 zoos per year to renew her wardrobe. Nowadays, we have summer clothing and winter clothing made out of different materials and different weights. But in those days, they had new clothing when it's good, nice and thick. That would be used during the winter, where Geshemim, rain season, is winter. Whereas once it gets worn out and now it gets it's thin and gets holes in it, then they would still wear it and that would be called summer clothing. So you should not buy her new clothing in, before the summer because then that's going to be too hot. Rather, give her, buy 50 zoos worth of new clothing before the winter, and then the uh, she will continue wearing them after they get worn out, and that's good for the summer when it'll be cooler and anything left over after that, they belong to her. So if it's still usable, she can continue using it and she gets a new set of clothing the year after. In addition to all that, he has to give her one ma'a for spending money, loose change. And now this, he was talking about this whole time he's away. And I don't know why, maybe he has to work far from home or whatever reason. But he has to eat, be together and eat together every Friday night. Some interpret this to mean literally they have to have at least one meal eating together. Some will take it as, well, as the Gemara will see, as a euphemism that they have to have marital relations at least that Friday night. If he does not give her this ma'a coin for her uh, spending money, then she gets to keep her earnings. The Gemara earlier said that this is not her base earnings, but rather the extra amount that she gets that she earns above and beyond what she would what would be the equivalent of her uh, food. Okay, Omahi Osa Law. 
Mishkal Hamesh Selaim Sheti Bihuda. Now she also has her obligations. We saw the seven obligations above, but how much will it come out to? So specifically regarding spinning wool, how much wool does she have to spin? Some of the commentaries say this is not. This is if you add add up all the things that she does, has to equal what the wool. She doesn't have to specific if she has other talents or she does other things more. But the point is, it has to add up to the amount of this amount of wool if she was just spinning. Uh, so how much does she have to uh, uh, do? It would be the weight of five sela of threads of warp uh, in Judea. In the Galil, it would be ten because they have just different denominations. That is equivalent to the weight of ten sela of woof threads. The warp threads are stronger and they take more work to um, to do, to uh, spin, and so the woof threads are thinner, and they uh, take less time and less effort. And the Shem Esrim, Sela in Begalil, and that is equivalent to 20 Sela uh, in the Galil, in their measurement. Now, if a woman is nursing, then uh, that changes things. Then her, um, her requirement of how much she has to produce is less because she's spending a lot of time and effort nursing the child, which is also one of her seven responsibilities. So she's doing more for that, so less for other things. And you have to increase her food because she's nursing, so she's going to be more hungry, more thirsty. So add something to that the amounts above. All this, these amounts that, uh, that we talked about before are, are the minimum amount for a poor person, a poor family. But if they are pro- a prominent family and uh, he can afford more, then he has to give according to his prominence. And so then you would have to increase and add more amounts uh, to, that, uh, to that food money. Okay, Mani Matnitin, a question, um, who is the author of this Mishnah? question is going to focus on these, um, the amounts that we mentioned of wheat. Lord be Yohanan ben Berakav, Lord be Shimon. It seems that it can't be either of these two Tanaim. Why so? Ditanan, we have a Mishnah in Eruvin. Mishnah is talking about Eruv Techumin, if somebody wants to be able to walk more than 2,000 Amot past the edge of his city, he can place two meals uh, farther away towards one side, and then he can walk, that will be the center of his Shabbat, would be where those meals are. Now, how much are these two meals? Each person that wants to walk has to leave two meals uh, there in that place. You can't just put one, you know, two meals for a hundred people, but you need 200 meals for 200 people, for a hundred people. Okay, what kind of meal? People eat different amounts on the weekday than on Shabbat, so it has to be a weekday meal. says, no, the bread, amount of bread you would eat, and a Shabbat meal. Now, both of these are actually trying to be lenient. And the question is, they just had different habits. When does someone eat more less bread? Uh, Rabbi Meir uh, thought that people eat less bread during the week because their weekday meals are smaller. But Rabbi Yudah says, no, on Shabbat, we have a lot of other dishes. And so you're eating more altogether on Shabbat, but relatively less bread. And so that's why 
they um, are each trying to say the meal doesn't have to the bread that you leave for it doesn't have to be that big. So they're using the smaller measure, each according to their custom. Rabbi Yochanan ben Beroka Omer. Now we have two more opinions. Uh, these the first two opinions says depends on each person. If you eat a big meal, if you eat a small meal, it depends on how much you eat. But um, the next two opinions say it's a specific specified absolute amount for everyone. So Rabbi Yochanan ben Beroka Omer kikad halakuach bepindion bepundion marbasein lasela. This would be the a loaf of bread that you can buy with a pundion, a small amount of money. Now, the price of bread goes up and down depending on how much flour is worth, is, uh, goes for. So you can't just say, that that's not sufficient to just say the amount of bread you buy for a pinjon, that goes up and down. So it means that amount of bread that you buy with for a pinjon when uh, for se'ah, of um, of wheat are sold for one selah when that's the market price and then whatever the amount of bread that you can buy for that okay we're not going to do all the calculation here but if you break this down it turns into a quarter cove of flour is sufficient for one uh, for one meal quarter cove for one meal so the Mishnah mentioned that he has to provide two cove for uh, a woman per for the entire week, so that would come out to eight meals. Okay, we're going to question that because eight meals is not enough for a whole week. The standard amount is fourteen meals to a day. Okay, the Bishimon. Oh, that's why it can't be he can't be the opinion of the author of the Mishnah. The Bishimon Omer kikad kikarot lekav. He says two uh, thirds of a loaf. Uh, when it, it's um, it's two thirds of a loaf, when three loaves can be bought for a, from a cup, when three loaves are prepared from a cup of wheat. Okay, doing the calculation there, it turns out that he would say that one meal is a ninth of a kav. And so since he's providing her with two kabim, that would come out to nine times uh, two, which is 18, 18 meals. And so this is too many, more than the 14 required. That's the question. So um, now, uh, tangent. Uh, whatever the amount is that you say is the uh, is uh, is a loaf, chetziah, the half of that loaf is going to be important for the following halachot. If you want enters a house that has sara'at, if you go in there for a very short time, then uh, you will become tameh. If you go in there for longer, then not only you, but also your clothing becomes tameh. How long is called long? The amount of time that it would take to eat a peras. A peras means half, half of such a loaf. So depending on how big that loaf is, that would also uh, increase or decrease this amount of time. Now, for further reference, half of that half of a loaf, if someone eats impure food, then they become impure and cannot and cannot eat teruma. Um, even though food does not make a person tameh on the drabanan level, and if it's only a little bit, it'll be no problem. But if it's uh, this amount of a half of a half, he can't eat teruma. Vechasi chasi chetzia, and a half of that, the kabel tumat ochalin, is the minimum amount for food that has to be that size to be susceptible to tumah. If it's smaller than that, then the food cannot become tameh from anything else. Okay, now back to the question. Maneh. 
Y de B Yohanan Ben Baroka Temane Havyan. Could be Ben Baroka. We have only enough bread for eight meals. We need fourteen. It'd be Shimon Temanes Havyan. Could be Shimon. We have we allocated eighteen meals, and that's way too much, more than the fourteen. So one's too much, one's too little. Who who would say fourteen? I so, you know what? We can follow Rabbi Yochanan Medoka, who says eight meals. But remember what Rav Chistan said in a different context that you have to remove a third for the grocer. In other words, the grocer has his f- fee also, which is one third. When the Talmud says one third, it actually means 50%. It means if you had, if you would have two, so fifty percent of that uh, is one. So altogether, uh, it's three. It's fifty percent um, of the smaller amount. So uh, the point is that we were calculating here the um, the the retail price. Uh, you you thought we were you 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 assumed that it was a retail price. Actually, it would be the wholesale price, and the wholesale price of that punjon can actually buy. Uh, 50% more. So now we go from 8 and we'll add half of 8. So now we get to 12. Okay. This problem, we still have only 12 and we need 14. And the answer is, remember it says that she they eat together on Friday night. So we can add one more from to the 12 that he is uh, he is bringing that food directly, paying it for it directly. All right, now we still have only 13, not 14, although it's close, but we have two questions on that. This is assuming that when it says they have to eat together Friday night, that's literally that they actually have to eat together Friday night. But the one who says that's a euphemism for marital relations, then he, then then you not you can't add another meal. In any case, even if you add that, it's only thirteen. We need fourteen. Rather, there's another statement of Rav Chista who says that the grocer's markup is 100%. Here it says half, but by half it means um, that when after you add, add up, uh, after you add his profit, the um, profit would be half of the total. Uh, so we would call that 100% markup. And so therefore, even though he said eight meals, um, it's actually, that's eight, you have to calculate the wholesale price, the wholesale, and that for that you can get not eight, but 16 meals. Um, okay, good. So now we actually have even more than necessary, which we're going to ask about in a second. But first, we have to clarify. Hold on. Rav Chista said two contradictory things. First, he said the markup of the grocer is 50%. Then he said, no, it's 100%. Well, which one is it? It depends on it, on if the bread, the wood, because the who's going to pay for the wood? The person buying the bread, he has to pay for the cost of the wood also to bake it. So is that a separate amount or is it built in, baked into the price, so to speak? Um, so that will, so it ends up being the same amount, but um, that Rav Chista is not actually contradicting himself in the place where they do not have a separate a number for the wood, then the markup is the double one that's higher. Okay, now still we have a problem because now it's too many. You just said that the wholesale price, you can get 16 meals 
for that for that amount of money. Keman kedab kedabi chidkadam al alba seudot chayav adam lechol beShabbat. Rabbi Chidka said that you actually have to eat four meals on Shabbat, so you have to add two more than usual, so that gets a total of sixteen. Now, afilu tema rabanan dal chadal or parche, or you can even say what the rabbis say, which is that you need three meals on Shabbat, and so uh, so we still we have to count for one, right? It will be two meals per day is fourteen, an extra meal for Shabbat is fifteen, and so what would be the other sixteen? Another answer is one meal for guests, right? Even someone who has uh, oh, a modest means will sometimes have a guest over, and so you need at least one extra meal to provide for an occasional visitor. Now that we have this answer, actually we can say that Amrishnah could be the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, even though he said that there's enough for 18 meals. So there's four extra above the 14. So According to the rabbis who say uh, you have um, th- three meals for Shabbat, uh, so that's uh, so 14, so that would count for 15. That is three extra meals. So he would say, three, we provide her three meals for guests. Maybe she'll have three guests or three uh, uh, over the week. According to Bichidka, that says you need four meals on Shabbat, that's two extra. So then you provide her two extra for guests. And so we went from saying that the Mishnah can't be anybody to saying that the author of the Mishnah can be anybody. And lastly, Amar Rabbi Yosef lo pasak seorin. Rabbi Yosef said that only for Rabbi Ishmael did he, he's the only one that said you have an allotment for barley. Okay, only in Edom they eat barley? Everywhere else in the world nobody eats barley? Why only for him? Because he lives near Adam. No, what Rabbi Yosef meant to say is that the volume of Seorim is going to be double that of Chitim only for Rabbi Ishmael. Because he lived near Adam, and the Seorim, the barley that, that grows near Adam, is not good quality. Hence, you need double to make the same amount of bread. But if you live elsewhere where barley is of higher quality, then you would not require double the barley than the wheat. Baruch Adonai Amen v'amen.